It's six o'clock and you are tuned to your community radio station, KVMR FM Nevada City, KCPC Camino. Today is Thursday, September 9th, 2021. I'm Claudio Mendoza and it's time for the KVMR Evening News. There have been close to 350 cases of the Mu variant of COVID-19 confirmed in our state. The California Report speaks with Dr. Peter Chin Hong of UC San Francisco to find out how worried we should really be. Then, after a look at regional news and weather, we'll listen to Bravehearts. This week, Trina Bristol shares her feelings about the state of things here in the United States. We close with an essay by Molly Fisk. This is the California Report. I'm Saul Gonzalez in Los Angeles. With high temperatures again in the forecast, for the second day in a row, the state's electrical grid operators are calling on Californians to conserve energy during the afternoon and evening hours. A statewide flex alert has been issued between 4 this afternoon and 9 this evening. Because of the potential strain on the power grid, California's independent system operators asking residents to not use major electrical appliances during those hours and to try to pre-cool their homes beforehand. Forecasters say the hotter weather could stick around through the weekend. Let's turn to the pandemic. California has logged 348 cases of the new mu variant of the coronavirus in 15 counties. The World Health Organization has classified mu as, quote, a variant of interest because it could have mutations that allow it to evade vaccines. Dr. Peter Chin Hong is an infectious disease specialist at UC San Francisco. I'm not, you know, dispensing with it. It's something to watch, but I'm also not losing sleep over it. At least the Pfizer vaccine still uh, works against it. Mu, that's spelled M-U, by the way, was first detected in Colombia in January. Chin Hong says it's still present there, but it hasn't burst onto the scene and taken over the way Delta did back in June and July. Meanwhile, a protest against vaccine mandates drew hundreds of people to Sacramento Wednesday. KQED's Katie Orr reports. Protesters marched around the Capitol, at one point standing on the lawn outside the assembly chamber. Lawmakers, including Speaker Anthony Rendon, looked on as protesters directed chants their way. The legislature is not actually moving forward with any bills this session implementing a statewide vaccine mandate, despite earlier discussions. But anti-vaccine organizers expect the issue to return next year. For the California Report, I'm Katie Orr in Sacramento. Support for the California Report comes from Blue Shield of California, rebuilding the future of health care with every Californian in mind, from quality and equitable care to not-for-profit values. Learn more at news.blueshieldca.com. Paint Care. Now with 800 drop-off sites in California where households and businesses can recycle their leftover paint. More at paintcare.org. And Eric and Wendy Schmidt, whose philanthropy harnesses the power of people and science to create innovative solutions for a healthy environment, just societies, and opportunities for human achievement. 
Let's turn to California's wildfires. New evacuation orders have been issued for the Dixie Fire burning in northeastern California. The Shasta County Sheriff's Office has ordered mandatory evacuations for the town of Old Station as residents between the Lassen National Park entrance and Bridge Campground have been told to leave their homes immediately. Meanwhile, some other warnings have been lifted. Here's Plumas County Sheriff Todd John speaking at a news conference last night. I reduced the mandatory evacuation order for Taylorsville and Genesee, as well as uh, warnings for several other areas along the north side of Highway 70, from the east side of Quincy to the Beckworth, uh, that were lifted from warnings and, and went to no order. Sheriff John says he's asking residents to remain cautious, even though evacuation warnings have been lifted in the area. When it comes to the firefight, there's concern about the weather in the coming days. Here's Cal Fire incident meteorologist Jack Messick on what lies ahead in the coming days. What fronts really bring that is a detriment to most firefighters is some pretty strong and gusty winds. So we have that to look forward to. Um, fortunately for us, uh, and front can also bring uh, thunderstorms and lightning, which this one will as well. And so the National Weather Service in Reno, who serves this area, has issued what's called a fire weather watch, which means there is potential for critical fire weather conditions. So far, the Dixie Fire has burned more than 922,000 acres and has destroyed nearly 1,300 structures. Another 1,900 or so buildings remain threatened by the fire. Let's turn to water. The city of San Francisco and irrigation districts in the Central Valley are suing the state over drought restrictions, restrictions that prevent them from drawing water out of creeks and rivers. KQED climate reporter Ezra David Romero explains. The lawsuit claims the State Water Resources Control Board lacks the authority to interrupt water rights that date back to before it was established. The agency issued the order last month due to a lack of water in the San Joaquin River Basin. If the agencies don't win, there's still a lot of water in the system that can be conserved or recycled. That's according to Heather Cooley, Director of Research for the Pacific Institute. Some of these alternatives can help address these issues. It can ensure that we have enough water to meet our needs. But as the drought continues, the suit threatens the viability of the state's meager water supplies. For the California Report, I'm Ezra David Romero. With the final day to vote in the gubernatorial recall election just five days away, attentions are flaring on the campaign trail. While kicking off his new Recall Express bus tour in the L.A. neighborhood of Venice yesterday, Republican frontrunner Larry Elder was greeted by angry protesters. In Los Angeles, KCRW's Tara Atrion has more. Larry Elder arrived in Venice for a scheduled tour of homeless encampments there. The Republican frontrunner cut his campaign event short after being met by expletive-laced tirades from a fired-up crowd. A woman wearing a gorilla mask hurled an egg in his direction and then threw punches at an aide who approached her. The GOP candidate was rushed into a nearby SUV and driven away from the scene. He was unhurt. In a tweet addressing the situation, Elder wrote, quote, The intolerant left will not stop us. Venice has become a flashpoint in the battle over a growing unhoused population in L.A. Elder says he will press on with his campaign schedule to make stops across Southern California and the Central Valley today. He currently tops the polls out of the 46 candidates running to replace Governor Gavin Newsom. For the California Report, I'm Tara Atrion in Los Angeles. Meanwhile, in the Bay Area, Governor Newsom continued his tour across the state with prominent national Democrats. He was joined by Vice President Kamala Harris yesterday, who highlighted Newsom's aggressive COVID-19 response. Gavin 
stepped up to the moment. Over 22 million Californians have been vaccinated because of the programs that he led and put in place. Because he was not afraid. He didn't say this problem is too big for me. He didn't say my state is too big for me. Newsom also campaigned with Senators Elizabeth Warren and Amy Klobuchar in Southern California over the weekend. And President Joe Biden is expected to campaign with him early next week on the eve of Election Day. And that is the California Report for Thursday, September 9th. We're a production of KQED Public Radio. I'm Saul Gonzalez. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll talk tomorrow. Locally, according to Ubinet.com, Nevada County Public Health reported 95 new confirmed COVID-19 cases today. The total is for the past two days. 752 cases are active, 22 people are hospitalized, 6 in the ICU. Three additional fatalities have been reported since Tuesday. As of today, over 52,000 Nevada County residents have been fully vaccinated. California's eviction protections have been extended for renters impacted by COVID-19 through September 30, 2021. Additionally, the Nevada County Economic Resource Council announced today that the state of California has increased funding for income-eligible renters and their landlords who have been impacted by COVID-19. This will cover 100% of unpaid and future rent or utilities. You can verify your eligibility for the California COVID-19 Rent Relief Program and apply immediately by visiting housingiskey.com or by calling 833-430-2122. Again, California has increased funding for those affected by COVID-19, and you can verify whether or not you are eligible by going to housingiskey.com or calling 833-430-2122. The Caldor Fire continues to burn near South Lake Tahoe. As of this afternoon, Cal Fire reports that it has consumed over 217,000 acres and is 53% contained. According to SFGate, law enforcement officials have reported a high number of break-ins into area homes as evacuees return to the area. The culprits aren't criminals, however, but bears. Bears which are known to roam around the urban interface of Tahoe. Simon Brown, a public information officer with the El Dorado County Sheriff's Office, says that the number of bear intrusions has at least doubled or tripled in recent days after the 22,000 people were evacuated from South Lake Tahoe. Brown says it's common to see bears in the further out neighborhoods closer to the forests, but recently they've been seen even in central neighborhoods, including all the way down to Tahoe's casinos. Moving to the weather, in Nevada City and Grass Valley, tonight a 40% chance of showers and thunderstorms after 11 p.m., otherwise mostly cloudy with a low around 63. Tomorrow there will be a 20% chance of showers and thunderstorms before 11 a.m., then clear with a high near 84. The AQI tomorrow will be good at 34. For Truckee and Lake Tahoe, tonight scattered showers and thunderstorms mainly after 11 p.m. Tonight's low will be 48 degrees. 
Friday will bring isolated showers and thunderstorms before 11 a.m., then mostly cloudy with a high near 72. Tomorrow's AQI for Truckee and Lake Tahoe will be 26. Good. Finally, for our listeners in the Valley, Sacramento and Woodland, tonight, a 40% chance of showers and thunderstorms after 11 p.m., then mostly cloudy with a low around 65. Friday will be partly sunny with a high near 89. The AQI for the Valley tomorrow is expected to be good at 28. A red flag warning has been issued for our entire listening area beginning tonight at 11 p.m. and through tomorrow evening. Now it's time for Brave Hearts. This week, Trina Bristol shares her feelings about the state of things here in the United States. Welcome to this edition of Brave Hearts, where we hope to increase your awareness and understanding of what homelessness looks like and some of the many organizations working on solutions to improve the homeless crisis. We are your hosts, William Wallace and Betty Louise, and these are the Brave Hearts. Hi, everyone. This is the final part three of the story of Trina. She is the Harvard graduate who lives in her car in Nevada County. Stay tuned for a quite an interesting story. I do apologize for the noise we had to meet outside of Briar Patch, so... You can't get help if you become a problem yourself. My own background, you know, in the Army. Were you a military police in the Army? Yeah. So okay. four years as a military police, actually four years as a military intelligence officer, mm-hmm. observing a lot <laughs> instead of like, you know, I, I, I call them the game squad. And that's, you know, that's just, and it still is my, my impression. And this is actually not just there. It's over the years I've been able to see a lot of different officers. What do you want the community to know about your situation? You know, I feel lucky, believe it or not. Your experiences, the the misogyny, the sexism, the bullying, the dysfunctional behavior, that's widely tolerated on white males. But now that you're out of all that, you feel lucky. Yeah. Because I happened to Thailand on a job business trip. I've been looking at being an expat there. That's something that you would consider doing is moving out of the country? Yeah, just because mm-hmm. it's getting, you know, there, it's, it's just going to get worse. Even if, you know, it doesn't get worse, which it probably will. What kind of support do you need, mm-hmm. if any? You know, for me, you know, having good friends like you, because the other people, you know, I've, I've met in the community that are you know, really supportive and they understand not a lot of people that are really, you know, mm-hmm. responsible and trying to come up with a healthy way to... Well, you know, what I know about you is you are extremely intelligent and thoughtful. And so, do you have any ideas of what to do about this crisis of homelessness? 
I unfortunately I just think it's you know the thing is it's um is it Martin Luther King said injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere. It just it becomes that. Just give it time. Okay, and that's kind of what I'm saying. And I didn't think some of it might be kind of my, I kind of, you know, being held accountable sort of for my own, my own attitude to the past. I used to be kind of, you know, a different person. Um, so what is happening, yeah, they're going to have, I think the situation is going to be, uh, get a lot, a lot worse. Than, and I think it is, it's that enlightenment project, you know, here, you know, nobody wants to like even talk about, okay, Okay, we don't have a bunch of John Locke's or other philosophers out here. It's a philosophy that for success for the community. I remember when I was in ROTC, there was this guy, Sergeant Major Yellow, Ray Allen from New York. He was like always trying to like give these little humanity quizzes. And so I, I'm this hick kid from like the, you know, nowhere in New York, you know, that knows more than you about that stuff. But, but he was trying to get them to, he said, you need to know this stuff. He said, you need to learn to think how to think critically. So, I mean, I just think, there's just a whole wide world of things are going to get worse, you know? Uh, Any last words of wisdom? Okay, well, thank you so much, Trina. I so appreciate thank you. you taking great time again. Yeah. Thank you for joining us today. Our hope is this segment has opened your heart and mind Be well and be kind. This project was made possible with support from California Humanities, a nonprofit partner of the National Endowment for the Humanities. Please visit calhum.org. And now, Molly Fisk. Molly Fisk, Observations from a Working Poet. Last night I stayed up until two in the morning watching Money Heist, which pretty much ruined today, although I'm not going to admit it. My reflexes are shot, for one thing, and my memory, already disintegrating due to age, is veering around like a drunken swallow looking for its nest under the wrong bridge. This is no one's fault but my own. I know better than to retire after 11 if I want to enjoy the next day. Yet during our endless and maddening pandemic, I stay up late all the time and eat too many chocolate chip cookies while I'm at it. I, who famously didn't have a TV for 20 years and liked the silence, have now watched every detective show set in Finland, Iceland, Sweden, Denmark, and Norway, not to mention England, Scotland, Ireland, and Wales. After searching for something anything decent to view this summer. I even watched Shetland again, including the episode I hadn't liked the first time. Actually, I couldn't remember which episode that was. Watching Douglas Henshaw gaze into the empty North Sea is remarkably comforting when the world is coming unglued. I'd forgotten in my years of feeling smug that I wasn't addicted to Game of Thrones, that TV is such a great stay against loneliness. There I was, on the moral high ground all by myself, and the rest of the world was having a good time. This is the problem with smugness, as I'm sure you remember. We feel we've outsmarted everyone else, but have merely isolated ourselves. 
I returned to Money Heist yesterday, having seen the first season and a half and loved it, though it's in Spanish, which is too fast a language for me. I quit before the end because I could tell it was going to be tragic, and I didn't want to witness that or say goodbye to those savvy gangsters trying to outwit the Madrid police force. Whoever wrote this show was having a truly wonderful time. This is not a spoiler, though, because the ending didn't happen. Netflix bought the rights and gave them piles of money to film more episodes, which I finally figured out. However, you can only keep hostages at gunpoint and try to extract gold underwater at a fever pitch of tension for so long before it turns into melodrama, and I'm afraid boredom. When this happens with any show, I listen to the sound but open a new screen and play Spider Solitaire. This works better in English than in languages I don't speak, like Spanish, since I'm not reading the subtitles. But the music gives you clues about what's going on, and I switch back now and then to not lose the thread entirely. Apparently, the real, final, actual ending of Money Heist will be coming in December. I may have clambered back up to the moral high ground by then, but let's hope not. I recommend it to all you Spanish-speaking bank-robbing anarchists and other arty types. And if you ever drive past my house after midnight and hear faint gunfire and the song Bella Chow, don't worry about me. I'm just up past my bedtime again, distracting myself from our mutual reality. Award-winning poet Molly Fisk writes, coaches, and teaches writing in California's Sierra Nevada foothills. You can reach her at mollyfisk.com. This program is produced at the studios of KVMR-FM, Nevada City, California. Funding is provided by Harmony Books of Downtown Nevada City and KVMR with support from the Corporation for Public Broadcasting. That concludes our newscast. We get support from Sweetland Garden Mercantile, downtown North San Juan, a local ridge depot carrying plumbing supplies, PVC, camping and fishing gear. Delivery is available open 9 to 6, closed Sundays, 292-9000. Sweetlandgm.com. Dig it. And Harmony Books of Nevada City locally owned for over 25 years, next to the Chamber of Commerce at 130 Main Street. Open Monday through Saturday, 10 to 5.30. Sundays, 11 to 4. Harmony Books carries thousands of books, including local authors. Stay tuned. Next, we bring you the Climate Report with Martin Webb, and at 7 p.m., it's Democracy Now! I'm Claudio Mendoza. Thanks for listening, and stay safe. (laughs) 